Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. Welcome. Um, uh, let's say, and I, I, I don't. Is there an Irish um, greeting? I don't. I don't have a Northern <laughs> Irish greeting for you, man. It's the Open Championship week, and, uh, and we're off and running. Kyle, I missed you so much. Uh, we have not gotten a lot of back and forth, just the two of us. So we've got a lot to unpack here from the weekend and also starting to look at storylines for the Open Championship this weekend in Royal Port Rush. Yeah, we do. Uh, Bill Simmons just tweeted the most boring sports week of the year, and I was aghast because, Chip, it's it's my favorite week of the year. The it's o- open week. It's open it's, week. It's the best. I mean, look, like, do I love going to Augusta? Yes. Do I love going to Pebble Beach? Of course. But staying home, not sleeping, open championship all week. It, you know, by Friday night, like, get back to me. But right now, I'm I'm jacked. Let's do this. Well, and you did something that was kind of cool. Um, and we'll we'll get into both the Scottish Open and also the John Deere takeaways in a moment. But you pointed out on Twitter that what we've gotten, uh, particularly from our Sundays alone in the Open Championships in recent years, you know, there there is a certain snootiness to, uh, you know, championship golfer of the world. And, and, you know, everything around the Open Championship, but it has delivered, uh, as they say, worthy champions and worthy championship moments almost every year here in the uh, the last couple, what, like seven? You took it back to 2013, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so if you go, uh, let's see here, I've got it right here. If you go 13, Phil shot a 66 on Sunday at Muirfield, that was a, that was sick. That was That was my first... So I've never, these are all the opens that I've written about or covered. So that was my first one. I was like, oh, this is, uh, this job's great. This must <laughs> be what it's always like. Uh, then 14, Rory goes eagle, eagle. He goes, I think he went eagle, bogey, eagle to, to close his third round on Saturday at Liverpool uh, to, to not really lock it up, but he, he was kind of, I mean, it put him in the driver's seat, certainly. 15, uh, Spieth takes a grand slam through the 70th hole at St. Andrews, which was just unreal. And then he bogeyed the road hole, obviously, uh, and just hit an awful shot on on uh, 18 to miss, a, miss the playoff. Uh, 16, Phil Stenson, unbelievable. Uh, 17 was go get that from Spieth after just the – maybe like it might have been like the greatest golf Twitter 20 minutes of all time when Spieth was – dropping by the titleist truck i mean it, it, i don't i think that was peak golf twitter i don't know if it's ever getting better than that well the end um you know we we mentioned the the relationship earlier but like having already been at least two years inundated into spieth and greller like yeah. the two of them cameras on mics on talking their way through how he's gonna 
uh, figure something out on that hole. What do he say? He uh, he made Greller run to the top of the hill, and he yeah, said, "Get me a good number. <laughs> get me a round number. A round number." <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was uh, that's one of my favorite moments in golf, and I think that I'm glad that we're highlighting that as part of the Open Championship because uh, it's we're two years removed, and I just think it's really important that that doesn't get lost. Yeah, certainly. And then last year, Chip, Spieth, Tiger, and Rory all either led or co-led on Sunday. And, you know, we remember that for, uh, you know, Francesco not making a boat. I don't think he made a bogey all weekend at Carnoustie, which is a joke. But, you know, kind of the way he closed or whatever. But that was a wild, like, three-hour stretch where you had so many different guys leading tiger t- tiger the first two rounds i remember brandel being like oh he's so conservative why isn't he hitting driver and you're like is he like what's he doing and then all of a sudden on sunday he leads and you're like oh my god like is this going to happen and it doesn't but uh, you know all six of the ones that i've covered have been pretty amazing all right so let's uh look back at the weekend that was um here in, at the john deere Dylan Fratelli holding off what was a a really fun Sunday. We've had this streak on the PGA Tour in uh, the last little bit, especially with some of the younger players and especially with Victor Hovland, where someone's someone always seems to be throwing a, a 63 down early on Sunday. And it has not led to um, necessarily a winning performance, but it has it has felt like in some of these just sort of uh, regular scheduled PGA Tour events that when the leaders are teeing off at like 2.30, uh, they know that there are a ton of birdies out there and that people are chasing them because someone had thrown a 63 or 64 down early. Yeah, so I went on I went on HQ on Saturday night. Shout out to CBS Sports HQ. And uh, they're like, give us a winner for Sunday. And I was like, man, I like – I feel like it's going to be somebody from like kind of not deep, but somebody from like that T8, T11 spot because and, – and this is what we've seen the last three weeks is these courses are so easy that you go out early and you you post like that 65 or that 64 and all of a sudden guys that are behind you that are leading going into the final round, they start to like think about the number and like what do I have – you know, start doing math. That's never a good idea, of That's course. That's never a good idea. And yeah, like I, I really genuinely thought because there were so many 64s and we saw 61 on Sunday, so many numbers out there that – it wasn't going to be one of the leaders that ended up winning. And, and that, uh, that's kind of how it played out. All right. So what, uh, what did you think about Fratelli's performance? I mean, it was great. It, you know, he only makes one bogey all week, which, you know, even if we're playing putt putt, that's so impressive. That's so good. I, you know, the thing that I kept thinking about though, was the symmetry of him getting his first win at the John Deere, uh, just like Spieth did in uh, in 2013. So they were teammates in 12 when Texas beat Alabama at Riviera to win oh. the title. And Fratelli actually made the winning putt there. He, I think he was a senior. Spieth was a freshman. And then Spieth wins the next year, like basically a year later at the John Deere, his first win. He's 19 years old, gets into the Open. And, you know, six years later, Fratelli, I mean, Fratelli's a guy like European tour, like he's done that whole thing. He's a, he's a, he's a fine player. He's not like, he's not going to blow you away. He's good. He's not Spieth. He's not 
a top 50 in the world guy. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a kind of a flawless performance on the weekend. Really impressive. We also had Colin Marikawa as he had, you know, was right there in the mix with Matthew Wolf. He'd been playing yeah. so well. Uh, the sort of the conversation that I had with Sean Martin involved a lot of, uh, you know, is he going to be able to get that same kind of job security? And while it's not official, I think that we can unofficially say based on the, I guess, is it the, the FedEx cup points that he's earned so far that he is more than likely going to be able to have his tour card for next season already. Yeah. So it's weird because it, I think it like isn't official until the end of the regular season, but right. if you're, if you've earned enough points to, to be what, like if you've earned more than like the 125th place person on the FedEx cup list, you're in for next year. And so he like he's well beyond I don't know what the I don't know what his number is but he's well beyond whatever the number whatever the projected number is to the point that you're like yeah he's gonna, he's going to have his PGA Tour card which is crazy that him and Wolf have uh, have already earned their card and I, I think it was uh, I think Ryan Labner said this on Twitter like seven weeks ago these dudes are playing in the NCAA's and now they've locked up cards for 2020 I mean that's it's wild and it's really impressive and uh, I'm looking forward to, to watching both of them for a long time. Um, with uh, there, there has been, uh, because of this season, a little bit of a spotlight shown on the Open Championship qualifications. You know, among the headlines from the weekend, uh, Beef Johnson, who's uh, shot a 62 to be able in the final round of the Scottish Open to be able to qualify for the Open. Yep. Um, you know, you've, you're starting to see it. Doesn't Fratelli get to go to the Open now? Yeah, Fratelli's in. So there was one spot at the John Deere, and this is kind of a weird deal. Uh, with Wolf, like so, he won last week at the 3M, but right. the 3M didn't have, uh, they didn't have an open qualifying spot, but the John Deere did, and so Fratelli's in, but uh, Wolf isn't, and then the Rocket Mortgage had two, and so Doc Redman, who finished second there, is in the open, but Wolf isn't, so that whole thing was weird. But the beef thing is awesome because I had read there was a couple of things that came out in the past. I don't know, month or a couple weeks or whatever, just him struggling with just mentally, like not even with golf, but just like off the course, like dealing with fame and just, you know, like the, the story we hear a lot, like the, un, like the lack of fulfillment from this life that you think you want. And he sort of broke down after the Scottish open, shoot 62 to get in the open. The open was kind of a, it was a big deal for him. I think it was 16 at Troon, when he finished in the top five, that was kind of his breakout moment or whatever. And I think there was a little bit of a, a full circle thing there for him of like, man, the, ever since then, I've really been struggling. I'm back in the open and uh, he broke down and started crying. And it was just, it, it was a, it was a really, uh, it was cool. It was a good, it was a cool deal. And just sort of an insight into like, you know, we think of these guys as not human, but they very much are. And especially somebody like him who I think resonates with a lot of people. Right. And the, you know, we always talk about the, the European tour and the way that uh, I, I believe in whatever my opinion is worth. I believe they do a really good job of highlighting their players. Uh, the human side, the funny side, just sort of uh, giving you a better look into it. Uh, I too had noticed that that had been him opening, opening up about mental health and, and trying to, you know, just, just talk about it and create it as part of the conversation has definitely been something that they've pushed. And then he goes out and he has the golf to be able to, to lock it up in the open. I was, uh, 
I was happy for him and not surprised that he would cry. I'd probably cry too in that moment. <laughs> I know. And like, I, th- I think we do a bad job of underplaying how big of a deal it is to get into these majors because like we look at the top 15 or 20 guys and we're like, and they like, they're just, they always get in, like they're just always qualified. But for somebody like a doc Redman a couple weeks ago for Fratelli, who's only played in, you know, like six majors in his career for beef, who hasn't played an open in a while for Graham McDowell, uh, you know, going back to, to port rush to play in the open, he hasn't played an open in a while. That's a, it's a big deal just to be in it, you know, not to contend, but just to like tee it up on Thursday. And uh, it's easy to forget that, I think. And now it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Uh, This is a big time to be checking up on stock because you are going to be trying to get your selections for the Open Championship uh, for whether it's your pool or your picks or whatever it's going to be. You always want to try to take a forecast of what it's looking like moving forward. Uh, Let's start after a missed cut at the Scottish Open. Ricky Fowler, who we are recording this on Monday, was uh, was out with Tiger Woods and Dustin Johnson. How's that for a for a practice group at Royal Portrush on a Monday morning? It's pretty pretty solid, pretty pretty good. He yeah, I I'm like I feel like I always come to the Open stock up on Fowler. Like it feels like he's gonna win an Open, but I'm kind of down this year, which probably means he's gonna win. But I don't know, like he he hasn't he hasn't been playing great. Uh, miscut at the Scottish is not ideal. Uh, let me, let me pull up his, uh, last few finishes here. So he goes, he goes miscut at the Scottish open before that. I think his last tournament was, ah, it's not pulling up. Uh, I think his last tournament was us open where he was just, it's kind of average. I don't know. I I'm not as optimistic about his chances at the open this year as I, as I usually am. I've settled on, I, I stock down. I can take that. I've settled on Ricky Fowler as a high floor golfer right now. So like what's his equivalent in another sport? Is he like a Rudy gay? Ooh. Um, maybe he's like, he is, uh, he's re- he's a really, really solid number two on a basketball team. So he, so like Rudy gay, you're like, okay, I'm getting, well, I don't know about Rudy gay now, but Rudy, like prime Rudy Gay, you're like, I'm getting 16 a night, but I'm probably never getting like, or I don't know, maybe 18 a night. I don't know if I'm ever getting like 28 a night. Yeah, he's he's a really, really good second best score, number two guy on a five-man basketball team right now. He is always somebody that you want out on the floor, but right now, I, I don't know if he's getting the ball uh, in the final possession. Yeah. I don't know, like... I mean, do do you feel the same way I do about him at opens? Like, is that the one that's like, yeah, that that that's the one he could win? No, I've t- I've had my confidence shaken in Ricky in terms of trying to think that I know what he is, but there is a level of consistency, and that's why I come back to high floor. He's real. He is a really really good golfer. But if we're judging players by their finishes, and in particular by their finishes in majors, he's 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 high floor. But I. I don't think that he's got as high of a ceiling as uh, some of his peers. Do you know how many points Rudy Gay has scored in his career? Total? Yeah. I, I don't even know that I know, I know these numbers well enough to have a good guess. What is it? 15,000 points. It's a lot of points. He's averaged 17 points for like 13 straight years. That's crazy. Um, 
Anyway, uh, so Ricky, so since his T4 at Wells, so he has T9 Masters, T4 Wells Fargo, PGA T36, misses a cut at Colonial, T14 at Memorial, was pretty good there, faded on the weekend, uh, T43 US Open, T46 Rocket Mortgage, shout out to his sponsors, right. and then misses a cut at the Scottish. It's not been great since the Masters, honestly. He was good at Wells Fargo, but uh, yeah, I don't know, not a ton of momentum going into Portrush. Matt Kuchar coming off a T20 at the Scottish Open. Uh, we have a CBS Sports HQ show coming up here in a little bit, and I can tell you right now, I'm guessing that you're going stock up here. Yeah, look, like I'm, I'm not, I'm just preparing everyone for Matt Kuchar 2019 Open champion. Here for it. Like I don't, I, I don't know if I, if I'm here for it, but it, it's in play. And it, the reason it's in play, look, he's having the best year of his career. And uh I've got the I got the data right here. Like he's 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 been really good at opens, obviously 17 runner up to um to Spieth kind of infamously, but he's got another top ten. Let's see. Uh Kuchar's got he's got two top tens in his last five opens. Uh played he was leading after I think day one at the Scottish, contended into the weekend. There's just there's a lot of converging things on him uh, at, at Port Rush. And opens are like for somebody like him who's not, you know, three hundred, three ten off the tee, like it just brings it brings him way more into play than maybe like a PGA or or even a US Open at a at a big ballpark. I want I want you to get ready for this. It is Matt Kuchar, 2019 Open Champion. Matt Kuchar, Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient. <laughs> that, that's the way that this goes here in the next couple months. <laughs> what a turnaround from February to July. Uh, and finally, for stock up, stock down, Victor Hovland, who has been playing well, but what is his stock? I, uh, I mean. Well, I'll put it this way. His stock for getting his card, like his card stock, <laughs> uh-huh. no pun intended, is is down. Yeah. And the reason is like he there's no he's running out of the math doesn't work. Like he's running out of out of, you know, options here. So he's got I think two starts left. He's got uh the opposite field event during uh Memphis and then he's got Wyndham and he just there. He just can't at a, unless he finishes top five at like both of those or wins one of them. I just don't know that the math adds up. But look, he's gonna get to he's gonna get to the Corn Ferry. I can't believe it's the Corn Ferry Tour, but he's gonna get to the Corn Ferry Finals and uh, probably earn his card that way. So I don't think it's gonna be a huge issue. But it's just kind of it's interesting because going into Travelers after the U.S. Open, we're kind of looking around like. Wait a second. Is it Hovland instead of Wolf and Morikawa? And then all of a sudden, Wolf and Morikawa have their cards for 2020, and Hovland doesn't. And that has been Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Coming up on the other side, our stat of the day, next. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, Kyle, stat of the day. Let's break it yeah, out. Stat, what do we have? Stat of the day, I'm looking back at the last 40 majors. I put this out on Twitter, so some people have probably already seen it. But So Tom Watson, uh, 
almost wins the 09 Open at Turnberry, and there have been 40 majors played since that major. And I wanted to see who had the most top 10s in that time. I, I woke up like at four in the morning, one morning thinking about this. This is where I'm at right now. Like just with <laughs> my, my golf, I was like, man, I wonder who's got, the, who's got the most top 10s in the last 10 years. So I ran the numbers on it. I'm just going to go up the list, starting with, uh, the two guys at eight. So eight, eight top 10s in the last 40 majors, Sergio and Zach Johnson, nine, Phil, 10 is Spieth, Tiger, and Fowler, which is a fascinating trio. Uh, 11 is Stinson, Westwood, Kepka, and Rose. I think Westwood. Kepka only Do I? I said Westwood's the one that seems like it was backloaded and if we were working our way backwards, just off the top of my head. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Like, like all of those came in like... Uh, 09 to 14 or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he had the one in 16 at Augusta when... He could have won that if Danny Welt's baby had come a week later. But um, get out of here. It's a great. It's a great what if. It really is. Uh, okay, so twelve was uh, Matt Kuchar. He's got twelve top tens in his la- in the last forty majors. Nobody at thirteen. Nobody at fourteen. Uh, Adam Scott and Jason Day at fifteen top tens in the last forty majors. So the Aussie duo. Uh, Sixteen. Nobody. Seventeen. Dustin Johnson. He's got seventeen top tens in the last forty. 18, nobody, and then 19, Rory McIlroy. 19 top 10s in his last 40 ma- in the last 40 majors played. If Dustin Johnson, how many majors did Dustin Johnson miss during his time away? Only three or maybe more? <laughs> yeah, I think he missed uh, one or two, something like that. Okay. Because he, so, yeah. he could be higher. There's He could be closer to Rory. Well, yeah, and you, you, you have to start doing, because I think Kepka's percentage is probably the highest because he wasn't, he was in college in 09 or whatever. Uh, but I just wanted a total, I wanted a total number. I think, I think the, the most impressive number on this list is tiger at 10. When you consider how many he missed, how does he have 10 top tens in the last 40? He's only played in like 13 of them. I think, I think he's pretty good at golf, Kyle. Yeah, I think, you're <laughs> I, think right. I think that I think to be in the top ten at a major championship means that you are probably within. I don't. I mean, you know, different for every golf tournament, but let's say a handful of strokes to the person who won, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think that you expect some of the best golfers in the world to. They may not win all the time, but we should expect you to be within a handful of strokes of whoever went out and won it. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're you're right about that. Um, hey, are you excited about Portrush? I'm excited about Portrush. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. It's. Uh, have you been doing your like course tours yet? Yeah, I've done. Uh, I've done kind of a deep dive. It's just I think my biggest takeaway about Portrush is it's it's very linksy, but I think it's going like some of the times we we on TV anyway, which is how we consume all these. You're like, oh, we're, this St. Andrews is going to be awesome, and then it they show it on TV, and you're like, ah, I mean, it's it's cool, I guess, but I think it's co- sort of an in person thing. I think Portrush is going to come across on TV, like I think it's going to be sort of pebbleish on TV, which which will be really cool. Um, one of uh, before before we get out of here, because we're going to be tackling a lot of these all through the week. You know, Mark Immelman will be on later. We're going to have a, a mid open championship update on Friday after the cut preview in the weekend. And then of course, Sunday night, Kyle and I will be back uh, for our reaction. But 
what is the sense from what we've got so far on where Tiger is at physically right now? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I don't know. I, I think he's fine. I, I, I just think here's the weird thing that I was thinking about, Chip, is it's almost like I thought a major win or like, yeah, I thought a major win would make a lot of this talk go away about his like health and all this. And it's almost like we've talked about it more since he won the Masters than we did before. Have you felt that? No. What? Elaborate. I don't. So, I, I don't feel that. So he, here's my take: is like he's almost in a, he's in a really weird. It, it's a good spot for him, but it's a weird spot because anytime he plays poorly now, we're gonna be like, oh well, he it's probably health. It's probably his back. It's probably not. He's probably sluggish. Probably not feeling well. It's almost like because he won the Masters, it's so much easier for us to excuse away his poor play. And it might just be because he's 43 years old and he's not as good at golf as he used to be. Well, when you say he's, if you say he's 43 years old, that is like, that that to me is kind of the same as being like, oh, he's sluggish. Oh, his back hurts. Oh, it's just yeah, like. But we, but we don't talk about it with, why don't we talk about Phil like that? Um, because we are not because because Phil has not been in contention in majors the way that Tiger Woods has. Tiger Woods <laughs> Tiger Woods was there at the Open. Tiger Woods was there at the PGA Championship. Tiger Woods is winning the Tour Championship, and he won the Masters. Like Phil Mickelson hasn't sniffed the kind of major championship contention that Tiger Woods has had in the last three years. Did you see Phil went full Kepka and like didn't eat for six days? I'm um, I'm starting to uh, take all of Phil Mickelson's reports of Phil Mickelson activities with a big big granite of salt <laughs> like a salt mine yeah i mean dude like like we nah i don't know like I, I i'm in for the ride and i think that this is very fun and i'm glad that he's talking like this but i mean we need to we need to put like wwe type sensitize on everything <laughs> phil says right now seriously like he's gonna be like, yeah i he's i mean doesn't that sound like boxers in the 1920s Right. Well, it sounds it sounds like Phil is engaging in some like like we're all like laughing at his Twitter, but it's it's going to turn into like state run media, like Phil reporting on Phil. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like this is this is him marketing himself. Yeah, I'm going to say professional wrestler. That is, I enjoy professional wrestler Phil Mickelson. You know, and like all the claims that he does in the promo shots during Monday Night Raw. But like, nah, I'm. I'm I do not believe I'll say that. I don't believe that he fasted well, not, fa not by fasting, strict definitions of fasting. The fasting thing. He said he only did water and coffee. I'm like that. I would die. Well, it, just, like, it sounds horrible. And, and he has lived too comfortable a life for too long for me to truly believe he's going to put himself through all of that. Maybe he like fasted from drinking wine out of the claret jug or something. I guarantee you he found a loophole just like he found a loophole in the rules at the U.S. <laughs> Open. <laughs> he found loopholes to fasting. That is what my belief is. Oh, uh, getting back to Tiger, though, like, I don't know. I think the Open is where, it, where his health matters the least. Now, get back to me if it's like 48 and just whipping around the Atlantic Ocean over there. Uh, but I think that, like, just, I don't know, going into Beth Page, like, you just, you have to be so, like, physically just 
I mean, Kepka and DJ were one and two for a reason there. And I think that at a at a open at a Lynx course, like it just I don't know, it just doesn't matter as much, I don't think. Like he doesn't have to hit driver a ton. I mean, maybe he will more this year than he did at Carnoustie, but I, I think the I think the health and the like physical like how he's feeling physically matters less than it than it does at a really long like a Shinnecock or a Beth Page or somewhere like that. I think it takes an extra drive to power through your physical shortcomings. And with, I don't want to like oversimplify this for risk of it. It's sounding uh, very low hanging fruit, but I do believe there's something to the fact that his, an insatiable drive that allowed him to get his game in a certain place where he was winning the masters has kind of been satiated. And when you don't feel good, I don't, I just, I would not be surprised if Tiger Woods is, uh, lacking maybe whatever that extra gear is in, in like literally margin margins for error that are the slimmest of the slim. I, I do believe that he is, he's pretty satisfied with his 2019. Yeah. And that's something that there's been some, I've heard some things around that. I guess I'll put it like that of like. It's kind of just like, whatever, man. I think not, about not, it like I would. I'd be like, if I was Tiger, I'd feel like 2019's gravy. Playing, yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm like not, all good. I'm not saying that that's like, he, I'm, I don't think that that's what he's necessarily saying or feeling, but I think just internally, like that is, how could you not? Right. How could that not be the case? Right. And that's where I'm at, where I'm like, I, I think that if, you know, was, and I can't remember where it was, but it was watching him and... I was like, man, I I know that doesn't look like that would be a fun round of golf for me. Like I would be uncomfortable and a little bit unsettled if I uh, like, you know, those rounds of golf that you buy or you commit to or you travel to and then the weather is horrendous, but you just grit through it because you've already paid yeah. for it and committed to it. Yeah. Like, when I see those rounds in major championships, it's those ones where it's like, I mean, would I be totally engaged in this? And yeah, I, I just that's, that's I get what it. Beth Page was right. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and like yeah, I I think he was a lot more optimistic going into the U.S. Open, and then but but still like it just I don't know it hasn't been like crazy eyed cat you know he hasn't been like just like a lunatic out there he's just been kind of like I mean he's been kind of kepka like just like yeah you know well didn't have it whatever. And which is fine. Like which is, that's which again, it's totally, totally fine. Yeah, I I agree. But I don't know. I think I think he'll contend. I think I don't think he'll win. I mean, can you imagine? Shane Bacon was tweeting about this. Can you imagine if Tiger uh, wins? Well, I guess it can't happen now. But if Tiger had won two majors and Federer would have won Wimbledon this year, <laughs> Federer, it'd, be, it'd be insane. A Federer won Wimbledon. I don't I don't care yeah. what you say. I know. Did you watch it? No, but I, I mean, I was in the car as it was going down. I was not tuned in live, uh, so I had to catch up later. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at KylePorterCBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>